This podcast is powered by SEM Wealth Management. SEM Wealth Management, where your faith, your values, and your investments align. Great day, everyone. Ed Dudley with my man, Garland Scott. He's got a jacket on today. How you doing, sir? Hey, I'm not comfortable <laughs> in this jacket. I was telling uh, my audience I'm suffering from a, a condition called COVID pants. COVID <laughs> pants is prevalent. I mean, my my top half of my suit's pretty good, but the bottom half is really tight. So you can actually you can actually get into them. <laughs> I struggle. I can, I can, but it was it was a bit of a struggle. So um, I'm uncomfortably sitting in Virginia Beach in a hotel at a financial uh, planning association conference right now. So for everyone in the audience, thank you very much for joining us once again for Journey, the financial advisor experience. Um, once again, we have a, a really dynamic young lady uh, who is joining us from Maryland, and she's she's on the younger end of, of folks we've interviewed. So, you know, not, not, not quite as much experience, but her perspective um, as a young female advisor who herself now is the president of her financial planning association chapter of Maryland um, is, I think is pretty unique. So, you know, we want to bring in Alex and, and talk to let's her. Bring, let's bring her on in. How, how it's been. Hey, Hello. Alex. Alex, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing I'm absolutely well. Wonderful. We're doing well. So you and I talked about sort of the premise of, of this whole podcast, right? This mm-hmm. is free form talk. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get a couple questions in, but, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're in my eyes, local to me, cause you're kind of, <laughs> old she drew, grew up one exit down from where I live now in Maryland. Yep. Um, but tell us about yourself, Alex. Um, so I'm 28 years old. I've been with Buttonwood Financial Advisors for, I guess, seven and a half years now. Um, studied finance, went to Towson University for that. Um, I have my CFP certified financial planner designation. I've had that for a few years now, but pretty much my role there at the company is working with new and existing clients, pretty much guiding them through the financial planning process, um, you know, putting those things into practice and kind of creating an action plan for them moving forward to get them to financial security. Um, but outside of that, um, like you said, Garland, I'm serving as a uh, president of Financial Planning Association of Maryland this year, which has been an awesome opportunity. Um, but I think that's everything that I would want to say on paper. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex, um, as I was looking you up, um, I noticed you started, you actually did a great progression to becoming a financial advisor. You started out as an intern. Yeah. Oh yeah. You started out as an intern. So Garland and I fell into it. You know, we didn't do any intern. We just fell into it somehow. <laughs> you know, but you started out as an intern and mm-hmm. worked your way up. First of all, what made you want to be a financial advisor? And then what was that path going from intern to financial advisor like for you? Yep. Um, so that's a good question. Um, so I feel lucky that I I knew that I wanted to pursue finance um, even before I started college. So I feel lucky that I just had to follow that one path. But I say that there's two um, kind of pushing factors for me going into this industry. The technical side is uh, when I was in high school, 
I took an accounting class my senior year randomly. I was pretty good at it and I liked it. And I was like, you know what? I think I can do something with this. Um, but I kind of asked the question, do I want to work with paper or do I want to work with people? Um, and so that was a pretty easy decision for me. I, I kind of saw finance as um, something that tied the two together, working with people and also doing that problem solving number crunching on the back end. Um, the, the personal side of it is, I, um, I guess growing up, I didn't have, I, I really didn't have any good financial role models. You know, I watched my family and friends go through a whole slew of financial mistakes. And I knew that I, I didn't want to do the same things for myself, for my family. I wanted to be able to navigate that and also help my friends and family kind of not make those mistakes going forward. And so that's kind of been my passion behind what I do now. Um, and I think that's really how I got into it. Um, I think it was my first semester of college. I was waiting tables um, up in Hartford County, Mountain Branch, Garland. You might be familiar with it. Mountain Branch but, Country Club. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> yeah, no I worked well. there. Yeah, I worked there for a couple of years. But um, I was working there and, and saving up, uh, putting my way or I guess funding my way through school. Um, and it was one Saturday night and I was in the busiest section of the restaurant, which didn't happen. They didn't give that to like 19, 20 year olds. You know, they had career servers where, you know, they wanted to have them make the big bucks, but I was running around uh, like a chicken with my head cut off. And my boss was sitting at one of those tables. He wasn't my boss at the time, but um, just a couple sitting there and he uh, was watching me interact with people and, um, he kind of asked me like, hey, I, I really like, you know, watching you interact with people. Um, what's your story? Uh, what are you studying? Blah, blah, blah. And I don't remember this. And I said, you know, my name is Alex and I'm going to Towson University and I'm studying finance. Um, and he looked at his wife and he kind of slid me his business card and I looked at it and it said, you know, principal of Buttonwood Financial Advisors. I, I figured that was the guy that I should stay connected to. Um, didn't happen at that point. Um, I think I was in like business 101 or very basic classes. Two years later, he emails me and says, um, you know, I'm putting on a presentation in one of your classes. I really want you to sit in on it. And so I was going to Towson um, at that point. They only had one track, the finance track. I think they split that into some different ones now, financial planning, corporate finance and investments. Um, but I sat down in that class and he put on a presentation about financial planning, personal finance, which I, I didn't know what it was called, but in my mind, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and so I talked to him after that presentation and um, that kind of started my internship there. I interned there starting my junior year. I was there for a year and a half and then they brought me on full time once I graduated. So now I've been there for seven and a half years. That's pretty cool. Doesn't happen very often like that. <laughs> like that. Although I have always said you get a lot of talent from people who work in hospitality because I did it myself. And, and if you can manage a big section with a lot of grumpy, idle, <laughs> you know, patrons that, that are demanding of your time and energy, and they think that the only people sitting in the building, you can probably do this gig. Yeah, so. it teaches you how to talk to a whole bunch of different types of people, which I think was very helpful to me, especially as I was young. That's very true. So tell us how it is, I mean, you are, you're 28 years old. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that most of your clients probably are significantly older than you are. Is that in fact, the case? 
A little bit, um, a, a little bit. I think um, most of the people that I'm working with now are probably in their 30s and 40s, um, maybe starting a family, they're settled into their career. And so um, I, I feel fortunate that I guess a good amount of my client base is kind of in that demographic, but I do work with with folks that are retired or entering retirement. It's kind of a mix, um, but you're right, especially as I was working um, with Buttonwood's clients before I started building a book of business on my own, um, being 21 and sitting in front of someone who's 65 and telling them what to do with their retirement nest egg, it's a little intimidating, um, but I had to get over that pretty quickly. But, but you're right, it's, it's a whole mix of, of demographics for sure. All right, so I, I'm, I'm just visualizing you at 21 years old. <laughs> Here's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. They're, they're, they're 65, they're about ready to retire. You're their granddaughter in essence. Um, give me the perspective though, that's a different generation, right? I mean, yes. my parents are now in their 80s. Um, I, think, I think the roles for men and women were very defined then. And sometimes that can be cumbersome when you're talking with finance about finances, because generally one person, yeah, usually the man, will sort of dominate the conversation. Have you experienced yep. things like that, and, and how do you overcome that? Yes, um, I, I definitely have, and I think that that is common, um, especially with even with younger couples. One person kind of takes the lead when it comes to managing money and, and paying bills and managing their finances. Um, the only thing I do is just make a point to ask questions and ask for feedback from the partner who might not be speaking up a little bit, like asking, you know, hey, do you feel the same way? Do you have anything that you'd like to add to that? Do you have any specific priorities that might be different um, or that you want to mention that you feel is is important for me to hear. So I really do try and include, um, you know, the partner that that might be sitting back a little bit, but I, I think that's about it. I got you. I got you. All right. Let's let's cut to the chase. Ed, you got a question <laughs> on the slide in? Yeah, because we were talking about cutting to the chase. So one is you, you're, you're young and I yes. admire you at your age doing what you're doing and congratulations to you. First of all, shout out to your um, your our principal. What is his name? The one that slid you his card? Damien Galena. Shout out to Damien yep. uh, for sliding your card to a young lady to get into the industry and then inviting her to come over into your class. So kudos to you. So you're a woman in the financial industry. As far as I know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to go down that path right now. Different, that's a whole, different that's a, podcast, whole other conversation. Different <laughs> podcast. So young woman in the financial industry, and let's just be honest, it is not dominated by women. Typically right. white male dominated. Mm -hmm. When you first got into the financial sector and you looked around and noticed that there's not a lot of people that look like you, how did you feel? It's a little intimidating, but I don't think that I've let myself think of it as anything other than my superpower. Being a woman in this industry and being, I guess, in the minority sector of this industry is my superpower. Being young, I see it as my superpower. I have people reach out to me now, especially women who find me online or find my CFP profile. Um, they take a look at my picture. They see me. They they relate to me even through a screen. And so they reach out to me directly and they want to work with me. And um, that's that's pretty gratifying, um, I guess, from my experience. Okay, side yeah. note. Well, real quick, side note. So you got a superpower. 
So what's your um what's your uh, Marvel super um super name? Oh, yeah. Think about that one. <laughs> no, it might be a little silly, but um, my nickname in high school, and even some of my best friends still call me this, but my last name is Stewart, so I've always gone by Stewie from eighth grade probably <laughs> to now. So I'll just call myself Super Stewie. You're never living that down. <laughs> Ever. That's I'm going. Published. That's going down in the Adels. Oh, yeah. Super Stewie. I'm going to introduce you from everywhere. Going forward, Super Stewie, unbelievable. Alex, I'm down here in Virginia Beach, and I'm at a, I'm at an FPA conference myself. And we we were talking about this before we got on live. Um, the presenter that presented in front of me talked about the current stats: nine percent of CFPs are what we would consider to be diverse, so um, non-Caucasian or female. Uh, the female percentage was four percent. So. In 2022, we are still sitting at these sort of anemic numbers. Wow. Um, you have climbed through, you know, you climbed through a bunch of hurdles just to be where you are now. In your opinion, why are these numbers persistently this low for women in our industry? Um, that's a good question. I'm I'm not sure I have a solid answer, but maybe. Um, representation. I think when you think about the finance industry, you picture whatever the middle-aged white old man, you know, sitting across the mahogany table, um, maybe trying to sell you something. And I think that that's still kind of the public perception of what a financial advisor is. That's changed over time. Um, but I, I really don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. It's a tough one. Yeah. Um, and I, th I think representation is, is right. Ed and I talk about this all the time. It's, you know, if you're graduating from college and no one that looks like you or can really understand what you're going through um, is there for you to lean on and ask questions to or about, it, it's not that it's daunting, but it certainly can be off-putting yeah. and definitely challenging, but off-putting. So you might go somewhere else where you see a little bit you know, better of a mix. We talked about um, you know, the age part is a factor, but your gender is definitely a factor too, the way that people speak to you, in particular men. We, we overuse the term mansplaining, <laughs> but it seems to be very appropriate all the time. Yeah. Um, you've told me a couple of stories. Don't use any names. We don't need to okay. use names and try to embarrass people. Um, but give me one of those stories that we, that we talked about. I have I have quite a now. few as okay. related to uh, the woman part, the young part or the both part. I think I have stories for, for both probably. Go for it. Give us okay. all of them. Um, all right. So uh, I this was many years ago, but I, I sat down at a conference, sat down next to this guy. He turns and looks to me and he goes, you here with your parents? And I, I look at him and I was like, you know what? Someone has to take over when you retire. I didn't say that, that it looked like that would be pretty soon for him. I didn't say that part, but um, I did get that comment once. Um, I was out, this was when, I think it was right after college, but I was out at a bar, uh, Green Turtle in Towson, which I don't think is there anymore. They call it no, something else. Um, guy comes up to me, you know, asking me some questions, you know how it goes. And he asked what I do. And I said, you know, I work for uh, Buttonwood Financial Advisor, small, you know, advisory firm down in Baltimore. And he goes, oh, as the receptionist. 
<laughs> and I said, no, I'm in the advisor track, but uh, thanks for that. He just walked away after that. Um, I guess when I was first starting out, um, learning how to lead meetings and, and things like that, uh, when I would still have meetings with new prospects and clients with my boss in the room, um, if I was leading the discussion, asking questions, trying to kind of lead the discussion, I would look at the client and they would answer to my boss. If, if that makes sense, like I would ask them the questions. They wouldn't look at me or respond to me. They would respond to my boss who was just sitting back in the chair, you know, not saying anything, not engaged. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's intentional, but it, it just is what it is. Um, another story that I have is I went to a networking event. This was a while ago with another advisor at our office, a male advisor, um, and we're chatting with this this older gentleman, gentleman, and he kind of makes a comment to my coworker, and he said, "You know, how long ago did you hire her?" And he stood up for me, and he was like, "On the contrary, she hired me." It's just little things like that, and I I don't think it's intentional, but it's there. It's you know, little micro microaggressions. Uh, microaggressions. That's exactly bit. what it is. That's um, a good term for it. No one has ever looked me in the eye and explicitly told me that they, you know, won't work with me because I'm young or because I'm a woman. No one's, you know, ever maybe been bold enough to say that, but it's just little things like that. And I'm sure that it affects people's opinions, but um, I, I've, I've had to very quickly get over that. So I serve about 50 clients directly now and serve as their lead advisor. And so I can kind of look at that and say, hey, a, a good amount of people uh, trust me and want to work with me and believe in me and trust what I have to say. And so I don't need everyone to also feel that way about me. Um, the right people will come. So it's a great that's just what I try and keep in mind. It's a really good attitude to have because, and by the way, you're never going to, I don't think you're going to get someone that's going to be so bold as to say yeah. something. Like, <laughs> well, you're a woman, you can't make my money. I think those years are gone, but unfortunately, we do see sort of that those subtle, you yeah. know, very small comment comments. Mm -hmm. um, they're very poignant. Um, I think a lot of times people don't realize that uh, they are impactful, except for you, who is the recipient of those things. So I praise you for for ignoring them. You know, I love the term superpower. You just got over it. And you're not going to let this thing affect your business. And now look at you, you're managing 50 clients and you're going to keep growing from there. So um, what challenges do you see for um, for women in the industry going forward? So we've talked about sort of the history leading up to 2022. Um, the last four years certainly have been, what's the best way I can say this? Politically divisive. <laughs> Yeah. Is that the best way I can do? But that's putting um, it lightly. Socially divisive. I mean, there's been, there seems to be a, a, a broadening gap um, of, of opinion. I, I don't even know what fact is anymore because every time you say fact, someone tells me that I'm too woke, I guess, and it's fake news. So going forward, you know, with the environment that we are in, um, you know, how do we grow this? that 4% and what challenges do you see for, you know, for women in our industry? Um, that's a good question. I think trying to get more women in the industry, maybe it's a grassroots effort, talking to students, going to schools. Um, I know that FPA does a little bit of that. Um, I, I'm, I'm not really sure. 
okay. I wish that there was I wish that there was a good answer, but I think that I, I know I mentioned represent representation before, but I do think that that's huge. Um, but I I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I know that I know that your group. Um, I, I talked with Dan Morrison yesterday, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, and and of course Dan is a adjunct professor at at Towson, mm -hmm. and he's at CFE. He's teaching the CFE program, and we were talking about um, our ability to get to not just college students but high school students mm -hmm. and i know that my firm certainly does that representative of that and i know that it is very important that when i show my brown skin in those places with people and students and children that have brown skin it's very effective um, and i would gather that it would probably be very similar for you as a, as a you know as a female advisor mm -hmm. female students and say listen this is a first of all it's a huge it's a huge arena you don't have to be an advisor, but why don't we just pay attention to the industry? Because yeah. there are so many avenues and it's, and it really, when you boil it down to it, it, it really is a very cool industry that we're in. Mm -hmm. you know, we, 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 we can nitpick some of the things and it's not always uh, equal. We know that, but at the end of the day, the industry is treated. I, mean, I know Ed and I very, very well over the yeah. last you know 25 years or so. Yeah. So Alex, I want to ask, you know, ask you a question because you said the finance really hit you in high school. And yeah. we've been talking about going out grassroots efforts and things like that. So now you're going back to your high school and all you're doing is talking to young ladies. Mm -hmm. What would you tell them about the industry? What would you tell them about breaking into the industry and, and having a successful career? That's a good question. Um, I I love this industry, and I think that it has so much to offer to both those that work in it and those that benefit from it in the form of financial advice. Um, it's the knowledge that you learn and the things that you learn just from working in it day to day helps you. It helps your friends. It helps your family. It helps your neighbors. It spills over into other aspects of your life. Um, and I'd, I, I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't say, um, I guess anything else against it, except that it, it's very gratifying and, um, I, I'm not sure. So it's, it's safe to say that you feel that you made a, a good decision. Yeah. No regrets. Nope. I, I love my job. I love what I do. Um, it's, it's rewarding and it's gratifying, um, on a daily basis. Okay. What's the game plan for you? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ed. I was just going to switch a little bit and just ask her about the um, FPA as a young woman leading the <laughs> FPA. And I'm pretty sure that the FPA in your area is probably pretty much loaded with men. Uh, yeah. So what, what has that experience been like? Cause I think you've been president for a couple times. So I'm serving as president this year. I served as president elect last year. It's a three year term. Um, Chad Arrington, who I had been connected with through FPA, pro probably since I was an intern going to like the next gen networking events. Um, he asked me to step into the position um, a, a couple years ago and, and I was flattered by it, but also happy to get involved. 
Um, I, I really got a lot out of going to those FPA networking events, especially young, trying to break into the industry. And I, I met particularly women working in the industry who, you know, were confident and competent and they were a few years into the industry and, and it was nice to kind of identify some people as my role models. But um, anyway, he asked me to kind of step into this position, very flattered by it, but it's been, it's been a good run. Um, when it comes to, I guess, the male population of FPA, I don't think about it too much, but I do still think that leading the chapter um, is, uh, again, my superpower, I guess, being a, a young woman super trying stoy. to do that. <laughs> yeah, super stoy. Super stoy. Um, but I'm not sure what else to say about that. Um, but it, it's been a really good experience. And so I'll serve as chairman or chairwoman next year. And I, I expect to continue to stay involved with FPA and, and help facilitate those things along. Um, but it's it's been a good experience. I know we've talked in the past about your plans. Hopefully they come true. Um, your colleague is not gonna work there forever. Right. What's the deal? Yeah, Damien, uh, I think he has a countdown at every time. He's like, oh, I have 11 years and 18 days and whatever, 36 <laughs> seconds until I retire. But uh, yeah, he, he constantly reminds us of that. Um, I, I like the shop that, that I work with. Um, we, we do a lot of good for a lot of people. And so if I, if, if he sees me as, you know, uh, you know, next gen leadership for the firm. I would love that. I think I am in that situation now, um, but I would be open to that. I think. I don't want to get get you in trouble and put words in your mouth, but yeah. let's <laughs> let's so let's pretend let's pretend hypothetically that you know in let's say in ten years mm -hmm. you are running your own firm. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between now and then? Not just with you, but maybe how, how the firm looks, how the firm is made up. Um, well, I'm sure you've you've gone onto our website and seen kind of uh, the the mix up of the team. Um, I have pushed for more diversity in our team as well, and and lifting people up, especially new people that we bring on board. Um, so I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Um, I don't know where the remote work trend will, I don't know where that'll go post COVID, but I think that's something that I'd probably like to embrace going forward. It offers people a lot of flexibility. So that's something, um, I, that's a good question. It's, it's tough to come up with, with things like that on the spot, yeah. but I no, think I in Baltimore. Yeah. You did say you. something in the, in what you just said, you said that you pushed for more diversity. How was that conversation? Because I hear we hear a lot of people talking about diversity everywhere. Yes. Um, and we've already talked about what the look of, of the industry looks like. Um, and there's an old guard that thinks it's fine the way it is. There's a new guard that says we need to push for more diversity. We need to have a more diverse industry. Um, when you initially brought the conversation up, how was the conversation received? I think there are two camps of people. And I think that it might be a generational difference because it, I've heard it from quite a few people that I've talked to 
that people say, um, they, they look at the hiring pool and say, I'm going to hire the best person for this job, no matter of, you know, gender, race, anything, uh, any diversifier like that. Or there's one camp of people that say, um, you know, we should really push for more inclusion and more diversity and lift up these communities that have historically have not had the same opportunities as everyone else. Um, and so I think there's two camps of people, there's generational differences. And so I, I don't, I'm yeah, trying to navigate it without getting into trouble. But it's, 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 it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable conversation for a lot of people. It is. And it's a conversation, though, we need to start having because um, I've sat on both ends. I've sat on the end that I was helping hire and I sat on the other end that I'm hoping to be hired, to be hired. And I'm so glad that there's individuals that took chances on me, even though my resume may not have looked as pristine as someone next to me. I think I proved that regardless of what your uh, resume looks like, if there's something that you want, you'll go after it hard. Um, but that that was well well put so i won't I'll, we'll 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 get off we'll get off get off that topic and i'll let i'll let garland go ahead and jump in with his with his question no 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 my my question i, I th actually i think you answered it because um being a vocal a voice box for that thing is it's challenging right i mean it's it's hard to stand up and say, hey, we need to hire more females. Hey, we need to hire more minorities. Especially as, especially as a young person too. Right, and especially, right. And you have, I mean, you have someone that you have to answer to. You have, um, you know, you have an owner of your of your business. So um, we're definitely mindful of that. And and I think the way you answered that question was perfect. Yep. We're not we're not trying to get you, believe me. <laughs> no, definitely not, well, definitely it's not. not. It's not just in this industry. Um, I've had very similar conversations to people that work in other industries and it's the same thing um, but it, it affects you know everything no doubt about it no doubt about it ed we're coming up on that half an hour yeah yeah so how should we do this so I, I will just say this alex you're standing on a stage and you have a sea of women in front of you the mic is yours what are you going to say to them Great question. One of the biggest pieces of advice or, or one of the really important conversations that I had with my boss, and I think it's important for other women to hear, is your, your whole life, since you were young, you are taught to be the child to the parent, um, the student to the teacher. And when you enter the working world and when you enter, I guess, the global stage, you need to unlearn that. And so he, he kind of sat in front of me and said, my job here is to help you unlearn everything that, you know, you have been taught your entire life, um, to, not to defy authority, but to see people as your equal and see people as your peer, not to let yourself be intimidated by people that are maybe older than you or people that try to intimidate you, um, people that maybe try to put you into a box. Um, he said, you know, that's my job to help you unlearn that. And so I think that that's something important for people to remember. Um, another thing that I guess I was told is confidence comes from experience. Right out of the gate, I wanted to be confident, financial advisor, competent, you know, sit, I can sit in front of anyone and, and tell them what to do and, and say it with a smile on my face and not be intimidated. But 
I was, you know, pretty much reminded that it, it comes with experience. And so it takes a little bit of time to build you up to where you want to be. And I know that people say, uh, fake it till you make it. And that's fair. But give yourself some grace. It comes with experience and that'll come with time. Um, and I think it's especially important for women to learn that because I think even, you know, from a young age, um, we're kind of taught to, uh, I, maybe we're just not pushed to the same, um, expectations as men, even from, yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but, um, it's, it's just especially important for women, women. Um, but I think that's about it. I will simply say, Alex, whether you know it or not. You're a role model to a lot of women. Keep doing what you're doing, the way that you're doing it, with a smile on your face and that confidence, because you'll be shocked the amount of people that are watching you, in particular women, the way that you do everything with class. So I commend you. Alex, uh, or Super Stewie now as we call you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no, seriously, thank you so much for coming on this podcast with us. This is always fun. We love doing this stuff. And I thank you for your candor. Um, honestly, big shouts to Buttonwood and yes. Damien. Damien, um, definitely phenomenal, Damien. Phenomenal mentor for you, I think, and a phenomenal human being, it sounds like. Yep. So with that, Ed, uh, I think we are done for the week. We are definitely done to everyone that's tuning in. Thank you for tuning into the journey, the financial advisor experience, where we just sit down and have conversations with some amazing advisors and financial professionals across the globe. Take care. Good day. Good night, wherever you guys are. Thank you. Thanks for having me.